All right, so again, you guys can help yourself to the food here, um, but God is good, right? All the time. So we're going to start off in John 11, all right? So you can write this uh, scripture down if you want to. I'm not going to read it all to you this morning, so if you want to take it home this morning, um, you can read it over because it's an amazing story. Uh, it's about Lazarus. So John 11, 1 through 44, Okay. Write it down, read it at home this morning because it's a really, really good story. Uh, But there's a couple of points from this, from the scripture here that I just want to pull in to later, okay? So basically, um, Jesus finds out that Lazarus is is really, really sick, right? He's sick. Um, You know, and that sounds like, Jesus, yeah, you should go and heal him, right? Go travel over there, go pray for him, heal him, right? Because he's really sick. But what does Jesus do? What What does Jesus do? He waits for a couple of days. He's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait a couple of days, and then, and then I'll go, right? And in that time, he, he knows that Lazarus dies, okay? And then so Jesus decides to, to go. He goes over there. He sees that people are, are weeping, right? Mary's weeping, a lot of crying going on, and Jesus gets filled up with compassion, right? Okay? And I just want to say sometimes... God waits a couple of days to answer a prayer, right? Sometimes we think just because it's, it's urgent, you know, that's the Holy Spirit, right? Right? Okay. God isn't necessarily always moved by our urgencies, right? In this story here, he waited a couple of days. But again, when I'm reading, it's like, Jesus, you better go, right? We don't want all these bad things to happen. Okay, so sometimes I just want to encourage you this morning, if you're waiting for something, sometimes God waits a couple of days. All right? Why? Because maybe he's increasing our faith. Right? Think of that deposit that goes into the bank account. You're getting interest put on that deposit, right? God is putting interest on that faith. And it brings more glory to his name. Right? Sometimes we decide, like, okay, this needs to happen now, and we miss out on giving God more glory. Amen? All right, verse 11, or sorry, verse 25, uh, God, or Jesus says this really interesting word. He says, he tells them, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. At that point, Easter hasn't happened yet, right? He hasn't gone to the cross yet, but he's telling them, I am the resurrection, I am the life. And I find that really interesting. You know, if you believe that, how well do you think you're going to be able to keep Jesus down if he's the resurrection? It's not going to go over too well, is it? You're not going to be able to keep somebody that's saying that he's the resurrection down. So those are a couple of things I wanted to point out from, the, from John 11. We look at Good Friday, right? Good Friday. Who here likes the, the dollar menus? If you go to McDonald's, you go to a you have the dollar menus. Okay, good. I got, a, I got a few honest. I got four back there. That's really good. Five. Good. Oh, there we go. All right. Would you pay $20? Would you pay $15 for an item on the dollar menu? No. Maybe. She, oh, there we go. It's going to be a really good cheesecake then. But there's a reason why you could go to, say, the works in town and pay $15, $20 for a burger, right? Because it's got that value behind it. 
the dollar menu burger doesn't have a $20 value behind it, right? But the works does. It's got a lot more toppings on it. Quality is better, right? All those kind of things. So if you want to know your worth in Christ, look at Good Friday, right? What was the price paid for you on Good Friday? It was a lot, wasn't it? So again, you want to know your worth. Look at Good Friday. Jesus takes all of our sins upon himself, right? And he takes it to the cross. That's our worth. So the battlefield for our worth happens on Good Friday. Okay? And I think it was last year at Freshwind. Was anybody here at Freshwind the last few days? Watching online? Yeah, it was, it was so good. Um, I think it was at Freshwind last year, there was a man named Seth Dahl there, and uh, he had this really great message. And uh, basically he was saying that a lot of us know what Jesus did for us, but a lot of us don't know what Jesus did to us. And so that got my wheels turning. I'm like, well, I, I think I know the, the resurrection story. I know the, the Easter story pretty well, I thought, right? But it got me thinking, and I was just like, yeah, I never really thought of that. It's like, yeah, I definitely know what Jesus did for me. Right? He took our sins upon himself, died on the cross, right? Uh, so let's go to Romans. If you got your Bible here this morning, go to Romans chapter 6, verse 5 to 11. I'm going to read it out here. So it says in verse 5, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Verse 7. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Amen? Verse 8. And since we've died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of, of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. So I know the kids are in the room, so I'm gonna not go into great detail about this part, but I like how Carlos Rodriguez puts it. He's like, you know, Jesus sucks us up into a vacuum cleaner, right? And he, and he kills us, okay? Our old sinful self is what? It's dead. It's what? Dead. It's gone, right? So it's time to renew our minds, right? Because I know a lot of people are like, well, Adam, I'm a man. I just, I just struggle with this because it's normal. I'm a guy, right? Or it's like, oh, I struggle with this fear because of, look what happened when I was a child. So it's just normal that I do. But again, we're here this morning saying, no, it's not. Why? Because Jesus took all that to the cross, right? And then what happened? Three days, he defeats it, he rises, right? So our old sinful self is gone, okay? Look to the person beside you, say, it's gone. It's done. You know, a lot of times we relate to those struggles in our life to who we are, right? We relate to those struggles in our lives to our identity, but that's not our identity, is it? You know, our identity starts with God. 
not who society says we are, not any of that, right? Our identity starts with God. And so, therefore, if God gives us our identity, we need to look at what God says about our identity, right? What does he say? He says, you're a son. You're a daughter. You are a new creation, right? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, as a, as a father, as a parent, I find it so important for me to, to look at my kids every single day and just tell them who they are in Jesus, you know, that... You know, Aslan, you are a beautiful daughter. You know, and there's a God who loves you way more than I could ever love you, right? And at nine years old, I didn't think it was possible for somebody to roll their eyes so good. But honestly, like, she's got that rolling of the eyes thing down pat. I was just like, man, I don't know who teaches girls these things or whatever, but man, like, she just has it. And I don't know where she is now, but like, if she's listening, she'd be rolling her eyes at me, right? But she just knows that she knows her identity, right? Because I tell her every single day, multiple times a day. All right, so let's get to, to the good stuff here. Matthew 28. I'm going to read it from my Bible this time. I do a lot online, but it's so good to have your word, right? How many people take time to read, read their word or are you reading it online? You know, it's... I, to be honest, I do a lot of it online because uh, I like how I got different, you know, different translations at my, my fingertips, right? But it's always so good having it in my hand. So Matthew 28, this is the resurrection morning. So we're going to read from 1 right down to, I think it's 10 here. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. I'm going to get blown here by, this, by the air over here. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. The angel of the, the Lord rolled the stone and sat on it. I don't think the angel was tired. I don't think that's why he was sitting on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothes was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Amen? He's risen from the dead. The tomb's empty. Just as he said it would happen. Come see where his body was laying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. So the tomb is empty, right? Amen. So the stone was rolled away. Was that for Jesus? Was the stone rolled away for Jesus? No. John 20, Jesus walks through, through a building, walks through a wall, right? He doesn't need the stone rolled away. Who needs the stone rolled away? We do, Right? The people there needed that stone rolled away. Why? Because it's a testimony of the resurrection of Jesus. Wow. It's a testimony of the resurrection of Jesus. That stone being rolled away with that angel sitting on top of that stone, again, wasn't for Jesus. It was for us, right? It was for the disciples. It was for those people around to bring glory to his name, right? Because 
people, you know, how amazing we are, but we always love to like, well, what if, you know, if that stone wasn't rolled away? Well, sure, this looks like Jesus, but we can't tell, right? We need proof, right? We need proof. We're people that love proof, and it's right there. So again, we say this a lot in here, but the power of our testimony is so important, right? That stone being rolled away is a testimony of the resurrection of Jesus, and it's being shared for everybody. When that stone's being rolled away in your life, are we hiding still inside that tomb, or are we sharing it for Jesus? Are we bringing glory to his name, right? Are we living out the fact that that stone's been rolled away in our own life? It's so important that when that stone's been rolled away in our own life that we share it, right? And I read this a few days ago. It was really good. Um, Jesus' body was gone, right? The linens were just placed to the side. I'd be like, if that was me, man, I'd be like throwing those linens down. I'd be like, in your face, devil, like I've defeated sin, all this stuff, right? So the linens are thrown down. And in the book of John, it says that the face wrap was folded or rolled, some people say, in a different pile. It's like, well, why is that? And so basically, when you look at their culture back then, when a master was sitting at a table, and if the master was finished, right, he would just throw down the linen, throw down the napkin, right, and then the, the servants would know, okay, he's done. We can go clean off the table. But if the master wasn't finished yet, they would neatly fold up the napkin and place it on the table. What did Jesus do? Jesus folded up the napkin or rolled the napkin, placed it down. So in that culture, it's a sign saying that Jesus is coming back. Come on. That's a good word. Jesus is coming back, right? God gave Adam back in Genesis all authority, right? All authority over earth. God gave that authority to Adam. Adam, he lost that authority, gave it to Satan, okay? Jesus comes back, dies on the cross for each and every one of us, and takes back that authority that we lost, right? Take that authority back, defeat sin. So today, like, we just really, really want to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We want to celebrate everything he's done for us. Okay? One more verse here, Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. You know, to be honest, I'm here today because of Jesus. You know, this is where I'm going to get emotional on you guys. Without Jesus in my life, you know, I don't know if I would be here today, right? I would love to say I would be, but honestly, where I was back when I was 20 years old was not a good place. And it was because I found Jesus. It's because I came to, to find someone in my life that loved me, right? I felt hopeless. I felt depressed. I was drinking all the time, all these things, trying to find value, trying to find a place to fit in, right? Trying to find worth. But of course, one drink after another, you're not going to find it. 
You're just going to hide that pain. But when you wake up the next morning, guess what? That pain's back. But you know, Jesus gave his life for me. Right? He gave his life for each and every one of us. He gave his life for the neighbors on the road. Right? He's given his life for his friends in your school. Those people that aren't being nice to you, guess what? Jesus gave his life for those people too. And maybe they just don't know the love of the Father yet, right? Maybe they haven't had anybody share the love of Jesus to them yet. But I want to encourage you this morning, because I had people in my life that were bold enough to share Jesus to me, I got to, to who we were I am today.